Good morning, Real Life family. My name is Ryan. I am the family director here at Real Life. And today I want to talk to you and ask you a question that, that may have crossed your mind uh, uh, occasionally. I have three children and my youngest is in kindergarten. Well, she just graduated from kindergarten. She's going into first grade. But the question she asks often and the question she's been asking me over and over again since she could talk is one word. It's the question, why? Why? See, and and often I I don't know the answer to that question, but it's, it's pretty funny the situations in which she asks me why. Sometimes I just say, hey, it's time to go to bed, and she asks, well, why? Sometimes I tell her, hey, it's time to brush your teeth, and she says, why? Other, other times, it's over something silly. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll get in the car, and there'll be a bug in the car, and I say, I need to squish this bug, and she asks me, why? Because uh, I don't want to get stung by a bee. I'm allergic. So... She asks this question all the time over silly things, but I try to take the time to be patient and to answer the, the question, to give her, uh, to teach her, to, 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 to help her learn. And often the, the answer I want to give is, well, because that's what we do. That's what we do. We just, we do it because that's what we do. Or because I said so. But... That's not really the best way to answer a kid. If I just tell her, hey, I need you to brush your teeth before bed, and she says, why? And then I say, because I said so, then later in life, she's not going to know why she's brushing her teeth. And then she's going to have problems, dental problems. She's going to have cavities and need to get root canals and have big, scary needles stuck in her mouth. I hate needles. I hate needles. But she, she's not going to know why she's doing what she's doing. Or if I tell her, you need to go to bed. This is a conversation we had. Well, this is a conversation we have every single night. She, she asks me why she needs to go to bed at the time she needs to go to bed. She wants to stay up late like her older sister who's in middle school. She doesn't want to go to bed at eight o'clock. She wants to go to bed at nine like her older sister. And I tell her it's bedtime and she asks me, why? Why? Why do I need to go to bed? I tell her it's because you need to get some sleep. You need to be well rested. She says, I'll be fine. I can just sleep in. And, and often the answer turns out to be this. Hey, you need to be well rested. I want to take care of you. I, and, 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 and that's the truth. I want to take care of her. I want to do what's best for her. And sometimes that's the answer. Why? I preached a very similar sermon in youth group a couple weeks, and uh, one young man went home, and his mom asked him, um, what did you guys talk about in youth group? And he said, I don't know. Ryan just kept asking why a whole lot. And that's what's going to happen today. I'm going to ask why. And here's the cool thing. Pastor Tim is on sabbatical for six weeks, and that is a cool thing because that means he's getting some rest. Sabbatical is just another word for a vacation except for us preachery type people. Preachery. That's a great word, right? So he's on sabbatical for the next six weeks. And we're going to be asking this question a whole lot. Why? Why? Why do we do this? And 
we've realized something. The church, and, and, and maybe we've been guilty of this, maybe not as a church here at Real Life, but the church in general around the world for years has done something interesting. They've said, we need to do these things. We need to follow God. We need to read the word. We need to preach the gospel. We need to, to come to church every Sunday. We need to do that and this and the other thing. And the world is asking us, why? Why? Why do we do these things? And honestly, some of the answers have come up short. I mean, think about it. We used to wear suits in church, and some churches still do. And now, a lot of churches don't. At our church, I'm actually, on Sunday, probably going to wear a lot less than this as far as... Um, uh, I'm going to be wearing a lot more casual of an outfit. I'm probably going to be wearing a kids' church t-shirt and jeans and some sneakers. And people ask for years, why do I have to wear a suit to church? Why do I have to wear a dress to church? And we found holding that up against scripture didn't really have a lot of reason to do so. I mean, yes, we want to put on our best for God, but we also want to be real with God. And that's why we've, a lot of churches have gone casual. Simple question, right? But those aren't the types of questions we want to answer during these, this series. We want to ask why we are asking you to do something with us that a lot of churches have discouraged or the church has discouraged in the past, which is to hold up what we're doing and to scrutinize it and to figure out why we do the things we do. And I wanna open up this series with a pretty big one, but I believe this is the foundation for the rest of the series that other people are going to be preaching about. So my question to you is why do we follow Jesus? That's a big one. Now, listen, I'm not sure how this is going to go here on video today. I'm just going to be real and honest with you. You guys know that about me. I just like to be pretty transparent. This is, uh, I just want to tell you, if you're not coming to church on Sundays, and we're going to talk about that a little bit in this message, so just a little forewarning, but if you're not coming to church on Sundays, please start doing so because I've got props and all kinds of cool things that I can't use in this video. I don't even think one of the props can fit in this room, but I'm going to try my best using my words to set this up for you. So here we go. If you have your Bible, I need you to open your Bible to Numbers, the book of Numbers. And uh, we are going to open up to chapter 21. And, uh, and I just kind of want you to remember that. I'm going to describe more than read what's happening here in this uh, book of Numbers. So the Israelites and Moses, we know who those people are. Moses is the guy who in that one cartoon movie, okay, it wasn't just a cartoon movie. It was scripture, it was in the Bible. Moses was uh, an Israelite, right? And we know the story. He was put in the basket as a baby because Pharaoh wanted to kill all the Jewish firstborn children, uh, sons. And he flowed down the river, was discovered by Pharaoh's wife. He was raved in Pharaoh's courts. And then he saw all the slavery, killed the guy, ran away for a while, saw a burning bush. And then the burning bush said, hey, this is God. I need you to go set my people free. He was like, I don't want to. God's like, please do it. I'll give you some uh, help and some miracles. 
he went before Pharaoh, he said, let my people go. There was all kinds of plagues and all kinds of different crazy things happening. And then Pharaoh said, okay, I'll let the people go. Finally, after, you know, so many terrible things happened. And then he set the, the, the people free. And then they cross the Red Sea. They part the water because Pharaoh starts chasing me. He changed his mind. And then Moses gets across. The water comes crashing down and blah, blah, blah. And now they're in the desert. Okay? You like my storytelling? I'm such a good storyteller. While they're in the desert. And the people are wandering around in this desert. Keep in mind, these people used to be slaves. The Israelites that escaped from Egypt, who, who were set free, God brought them out of slavery, were in the wilderness. And there wasn't a whole lot of food. And it probably wasn't very comfortable. The temperatures were probably very high during the day and very low during the night. And they were just wandering and wandering and wandering. And so these people began to grumble and complain. And they say, why have you brought us out of Egypt in the wilderness? There's no food. There's no water. And we loathe this worthless food. And God had, was sending them food miraculously. And they were saying they loathed the food God gave them. And then God, uh, Moses prayed to God on behalf of the people. And God said this, or, or, actually, I'm sorry. Let's go back a little bit. The people complained. Snakes came in. God sent snakes into their camps, fiery snakes, and they began to bite the people. And the people were being poisoned. And so Moses went before God on behalf of the people and asked God to save them. And God said, I need you to put a serpent, a bronze serpent, on a pole before the people. And whoever is bitten, when he sees it, shall live. So Moses made the bronze serpent, set it on the pole. And if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. So why do we follow Jesus? Well, we have a lot of reasons to follow Jesus. And Jesus gave a great reason in John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So I'm going to hit on a few points as to why we follow Jesus today using that scripture. I am the way, the truth, and the life. One of the reasons we follow Jesus is because we often find that we do not have a way through. We don't have a way through life. We struggle. We feel lost. Have you ever struggled to find meaning with your life? Wondering why you're doing what you're doing? Why? Why do I do this? Why do I go through life like this? Where, what is my purpose in life? You don't know where to go. Maybe you're struggling with your sin, or maybe you're struggling with your confidence, or maybe you're just struggling with the purpose of it all. But the way is Jesus. He is the way. He's your way through it all. Now, maybe that sounds like a simple answer and you're still asking me why. Well, let me continue. I am the truth. You ever struggled with what is the truth? 
What is true? What's, what is the meaning of all this? Well, Jesus is the truth. Now you're still asking me why. Okay, I get it. I get it. I'm being kind of like a uh, um, vague here in my answers, but I promise I'm going to try to bring it home for you, okay? Because I don't want to just say, just because. I want to give you real reasons. I am the life. That seems pretty great. Jesus is the life. I mean, I talk to people all the time that tell me I feel dead inside. I feel like I'm worthless. I feel like there's no reason to live. But Jesus is the life. Okay. All right. All right. Let's, let's get a little more practical here, real here. This, these are pretty words. And those who know it, what I'm talking about, know it. And they're sitting on their couches right now or in their coffee chair, whatever, amening me and saying, yes, he's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. And then there's some of you watching saying, why? I mean, this doesn't make sense. This is all pretty words. They're pretty words and they're truth. Let me tell you that first of all. But secondly, I want to explain why, why this is the truth, why Jesus is the way and why he is the life to live. Jesus, he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. We look at this example of the Israelites. We look at them in the wilderness, grumbling and complaining, going through a difficult time. We look at this image of the serpent on the cross, of them being afflicted with pain, and then viewing this serpent on the cross and being saved. I can tell you that I have been there. I've been in that desert, and I've grumbled and complained, and I've looked to the sky, and I said, why, God, have you brought me here? You were supposed to do something for me. And I know many of you have too. Wondering what the purpose of all of this is. But the two greatest things I can say to you today, the two biggest pieces of evidence I can give you are scripture and the truth of what has happened in my life. And so I want to share a testimony in all of this because friends, I was lost. My way was way off the path of where it should be. And I blamed God. I blamed the church. But then finally, something happened. Jesus and scripture came forward and said, just as Moses, as he was speaking to Nicodemus, who was a, a, um, a priest, he said, just as Moses lifted the serpent on the cross, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up. And all who looked upon that cross, and all who look upon that cross, are saved. 
You see, we can't do this on our own. I couldn't do it on my own. And when I finally looked upon Jesus on that cross, when I finally saw him for who he really was, I was saved. And we, we follow Jesus because he loves us, because he first loved us. We follow Christ because he died for us. I've explained this before and I'll explain it again until the day I die, every single day. But there is no way through this life without him because otherwise we struggle and we trudge along unable to, to get very far. We struggle to do it on our own. Life just keeps coming at us. The enemy keeps attacking us. But the fruit of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, self-control. You see, when we have God in our lives, when we have the Holy Spirit in our lives, we have these things. It's, it's not just, uh, we don't just come to church, we don't just follow Christ because we are supposed to. We don't do it to keep us out of hell or just to get saved and go to heaven, but we do it because it gives us the best possible life that you could live. That's why. Because we get benefit here on earth and in heaven. And we do it because Jesus loves us so much that he gives us those things and he gives us those things so that we can give them back to him so that we can love him as well. You see, this is a relationship built on love. This isn't something to keep us out of hell. This isn't something just to, um, uh, to do because that's the right thing to do. But this is life. Jesus gives life and he gives it to the fullest. That is why we follow Christ. That is why we do this because there is life in this. There is joy in him. There is peace in him. There's gentleness. Your anger will be stilled. Self-control. There's patience. You get the benefit when you look upon his cross and you are saved. Because let me tell you, friends, the consequences of sin is death. Why, why is it that way? I'm not just saying that because you follow Jesus, he's just magically going to dump all this stuff into your lap. But that's why we come to church. Because when we're here following Jesus, that's when we're here every Sunday listening to his words and learning from it. We, that's a natural consequence, right? That's the natural consequence of us learning from the Word of God, of following Jesus, of, of gaining this wisdom here. You see, the reason the consequences of our sin is death, and the consequence, Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life of us following Him, the reason that brings life, because think about it. You're learning here at church how to stay away from your addictions, how to Resolve your pain. That's what Jesus wants. He wants to resolve your hurt and your trauma and your pain. You're learning principles of how to live your life. 
the consequences of those things, naturally, is life. But when we live in sin, that's why the consequence of sin is death. When we live in sin, those things lead to destruction. And not because God's raining down punishment on you, but when you're making bad decisions, bad things happen. And so I return to my example of my children. I say to them, when you do bad things, bad things happen. When you make your room so messy that you can't even walk through it, you're going to step on a toy and break it. When you hide that dirty bowl of cereal underneath your bed and I don't find it until two weeks later, your bedroom's going to stink. When you don't brush your teeth, they're going to rot and fall out. When you don't follow the ways of the Lord, when you allow yourself to be addicted to drugs or pornography, your mind's going to be corrupted and you're not going to view your spouse the same way anymore. Your drugs are going to take over your life. That drinking problem is going to take over your life. That trauma you have, that pain and that hurt, man, it might not even be your fault. It probably isn't your fault at all. But that hurt is going to cause you to treat people, not to trust people, to treat people in terrible ways and distance you, or it's going to cause you to harm yourself. The natural consequence of our sin is death. That is why we follow Jesus, because Jesus, he will take care of all that. Because when he hung on that cross, he took your sin. He took your punishment, the one that you should have. Because he was perfect. He had no sin and he became sin on that cross. And he died and took your punishment. Your sins are forgiven. Your addiction is broken. He took your pain and your hurt and he took those too with him on that cross. Your trauma, your pain, your hurts can be all cast away because Jesus took them on that cross. And that's the natural consequence of you following him. You see, that's why we do this. Because he first loved us and he took our sin and our shame and our addiction and our trauma and all this and he killed them when he gave up his life. He is the way, his ways lead to natural, natural, full, free life. He is the truth and he is the life. So why do we follow Jesus? Because he first loved us. Friends, I'm going to pray today and I pray that today, if you don't have Jesus and you want some of this stuff I'm talking about, that you accept him in your heart today. That you, that you allow him to take over, to give him those things that I've been talking about. Yes, you've, you've may have been to church or maybe you haven't. And maybe you've heard us do sinner prayer or whatever, where we give our life over to Jesus. But... That's, this is what that means. Jesus already paid for your sin. Your sin is already forgiven. And you don't even realize it, but your pain has already been defeated. But it's a gift. If I bought you a $25 Amazon gift card and I gave it to you freely, but you never touched it, you never applied that credit to your account, I just found a gift card 
in my nightstand the other day from Christmas uh, for Amazon for 25 bucks. It was given to me, it was paid for already, but I never used it. So your sin is already paid for. It's already paid for. Your, your pain and your trauma is already paid for. All of this, Jesus bought it. But you have to accept it and then use it. That takes action. That gift card takes action. I need to go on the app, apply it to my account, and I need to buy something with it. I'm probably going to end up buying something for my kids because I'm a sucker. You need to use it. Apply it to your life. Accept the gift from him. And then take action and do these things we're talking about. Start facing all of this junk in your life. Start following his ways. You need to come to church because we're learning about these things every single week. We're learning how to deal with our sin. We're learning how to deal with our shame. We're learning how to deal with our pain every single week. So I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that you accept this gift that he's giving you. This gift of eternal life. This gift of freedom. This gift of fullness. This gift of being made worthy. Worthy of love. I'm going to pray that you receive this today. And then you come and you take it into action. Dear Jesus, I pray for my friends today that are watching this message, Lord, and I pray that they would choose to accept that free gift that you've already given them, that you've already paid for, Lord, and that they would take your forgiveness and your freedom and your love and your joy and your peace, God, and that they would live for you, Lord, not because they want to stay out of hell, but and not because they want to go to heaven and not because they just want to do what they've always been told, but because they want the things that you are so free offering them that joy that you're offering that uh, that love that peace God that they want the full benefits of who you are that they want to be with you because you first love them and you want to give this to them Lord that they want these gifts not just to hoard wonderful amazing things that you're giving them Lord but because they know that it pleases you God it pleases you to give your children these things we love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Amen. Friends, I'm so excited that I got to share this message with you. I'm so excited to preach it this Sunday. Listen, you're not going to hear me preach uh, next week live in person, but we've got some great speakers lined up, and you don't want to miss them live in person. I promise you, it is worth it. So we'll see you next Sunday here in person at 10 a.m. We have an amazing worship, incredible worship. I mean, our worship team is super talented, and I hear the bass player is a great-looking guy. Actually, it's me, so he looks like a goober. I'm sure he does. Uh, but we have a great worship team. We have some incredible speakers. The people here are encouraging and amazing. You're going to be lifted up. That's another great reason to come to church. You get a great support system here. There's some relationships that have started in this church 
that are so strong and incredible and people who felt alone no longer feel alone because of the interactions they've had here. Let me tell you, our kids ministry is great. I run the kids ministry and I, I'm not saying it's great because of me, but I'm saying it's great because of the people that do it with me, because of the children that are involved, because of God and what he's done in there. And it's fun. It's a blast. It's wild and crazy. And we, we learn about Jesus every week through creative and fun ways. We have a great youth group Sunday evenings, 6 p.m. 7th through 12th grade. We have a blast. We're going to Cedar Point this Wednesday. It already happened by the time you're viewing this sermon. I'm sure I screamed my head off on every roller coaster. I'm sure I didn't cry one bit at all. Not at all. And listen, friends, I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to see you again. We'll see you next week. Bye. I want to say one more thing, guys. I left and I'm back. Kids camp. 2002 real life kids camp is happening in August. August 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. And this theme this year, the theme for kids camp this year, I'm so excited, is Star Wars. It's going to be a great time. We're going to see some amazing Star Wars characters. We have an amazing set, but we have all the classic clinics that we have every year. We have basketball. We have football. We have volleyball. We have soccer. We have, um, we have art. We have science. We have all these amazing clinics, woodworking. So your kids are going to come and they're going to create. They're going to learn. They're going to have a good time. I hear they might be making little lightsabers out of pool noodles. I don't know. I think that's the art class. It's going to be great. And we have an amazing funny skit again this year. I mean, uh, it's going to be some goofy goobers, me and Randy. And uh, we're going to get some of our friends involved in some trouble in a galaxy far, far away. It's going to be great. Bring your kids August 1st, 2nd, 3rd. Uh, and register them now at www.yourreallife.com slash RLKCamp. 22. See you guys.